Now this morning, I want you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, we've been looking at various passages of Scripture that describe who uh, this uh, beautiful little baby is that was born for us so many years ago. But today we want to look at the story itself. Uh, we've been looking at some of these other passages that describe the character and, and just exactly who the baby is. And again today we want to look at the very simple story of Christmas. And so I invite you to take your Bibles please and, and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 8 uh, through verse 14. Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 8. And we will uh, read our way through verse uh, 14. Will you please stand in honor of the word of God? And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be to all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Uh, this is a story that we've heard over and over and over again. And we must not let familiarity with the Christmas story ever breed contempt because it's new and fresh every time we read it. There's something new. There's something we can grab onto and make our very own. And so I trust today as we dig into this passage of Scripture that our hearts would be motivated. We would be encouraged to catch at least a nugget of this wonderful reality that Jesus, the Savior of the world, has been born. He's been born for us so that we might experience life in him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, how we love you and thank you so much for your great faithfulness. Uh, this is a beautiful time of the year and we're so thankful for uh, the privilege of welcoming so many new guests today. Lord, we're so thankful for each one that is here, and I pray that uh, you would just bless our church family. Thank you for the kids. What a wonderful time of singing and rejoicing uh, they bring to our hearts. Uh, they just bring so much joy to our lives. And we thank you for our kids' ministry, and we thank you for those that are serving so well with our coastal kids and, and building them up and encouraging them in their walk with you. And we thank you for this time that we can share with each other. May our hearts indeed be drawn to the babe in Bethlehem who was born a Savior. He did not become a Savior. He was born a Savior that he might save us from our sins and introduce us to life that never ends, the beauty of heaven and all of its glory. In the matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I just want to take a moment here before we get started to just, again, welcome so many of you as our visiting guests today. It's so great to have each one of you here today, and I trust that you will 
that just feel the joy that we have. And I want to thank all the ladies that put on such a fabulous spread. Could we, can we thank all those folks for just a wonderful, uh, and I want to, I want to thank uh, especially Rita and so many of the, the ladies that organized this and put this all together. But uh, what a wonderful time just to be together and to celebrate the goodness of God. And uh, weren't those kids fabulous? Oh, my. I, I could have them every Sunday. I'd like to have them every Sunday. Wouldn't you like to have them every... Man, I, <clears throat> I, I, I would step aside for those little guys. They, they are so full of life. Oh, my. And they're so excited about Christmas. And they got those bells going, too. Didn't you see? Man, that, that was wonderful. We have so much to be thankful for. But we are just thrilled to have every single one of you here. And uh, praise and thank God for what he's doing in our lives and in the life of every single person that is here today. None of us are here by accident. We are here because God has drawn us to this opportunity uh, to celebrate him. It's all about Jesus. Christmas is all about this world's greatest gift that has been given. You know, the birth of a little baby is one of life's happiest moments. And uh, it's a moment when you first hold that little baby in your arms, you're just struck in awe that you are holding a little miracle. Those little fingers and little toes and those little eyes that look up to you in total dependence. Man, there's nothing greater than, than to be able to hold a little baby and know that this is a gift that God has given to us as a mom and dad. And once the delivery is made and the gift comes, we want to get out the word. We want to get out the announcement. And so oftentimes we as parents, we will send out uh, birth announcements or today we will send out texts and uh, let people know that God has blessed our family with a brand new little life. And uh, there was one individual who had a whole bunch of friends she wanted to uh, let know that she and her husband had welcomed a new little baby into their home. And she was so excited, she just texted this. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. But a couple of the gals that she sent that text to didn't understand that, that verse. And so they responded back to her. Uh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that the Lord's blessed you with a beautiful baby boy. Nine pounds and six ounces. But why in the world did you call him Isaiah? Well, they just missed the whole point. You see... We are excited about the fact that the Savior of the world has been born. The announcement is so critical to everything. And yet, as we think about the birth of Jesus, uh, the birth of Jesus was such a unique birth that that announcement has been heralded again and again and again throughout the world. Uh, we have birth announcements, we send them out. And oftentimes we forget about them. But this birth announcement is an announcement that has endured for centuries and centuries. 
and will continue to endure through all the ages until one day we see this little baby as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we will fall down and worship him in awe and in wonder. It's very interesting that in Palestine, when there was a little baby born, why there would be uh, minstrels that would come and offer up all kinds of celebrative uh, songs and expressions of love. And uh, especially this was the case if the, the little baby was a boy. If it was a boy, they would break out into great song. But if it was a little girl, the tradition tells us they would go away silently. Well, I'm glad that tradition hasn't lasted to this day. We'd have been bummed out three times because we had three little girls. But we wanted to announce this wonderful good news of what God had done in Sandy and I, my, our lives. But today we are announcing this wonderful news that is good news for the entire world that Christ, a Savior, has been born. Now, the Christmas story is very simple. In fact, sometimes it's so simple that we stumble over it. Uh, and I just want to remind you of some of the simple facts of Christmas here this morning. First of all, the Lord Jesus, uh, he is not born in a home as was the case in most of those uh, homes in early Palestine. The births would take place at home. But rather, he is born in a stable. Notice in chapter 2 and verse 7, as she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a, a manger. Basically, that word manger means a feeding trough. It wasn't a real sanitary place. They were in a barn. They were surrounded by animals. that had no room for them in the inn. And so Mary and Joseph, the baby is delivered and he's placed in a feeding trough. And there were no musicians to welcome that little baby that night as was the custom there in Palestine that oftentimes when uh, the parents would welcome a little baby boy there'd be all kinds of singing and rejoicing there were none of those things present on that first Christmas but instead that little baby's birth was announced by an angel and you see this in verse 13 it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. In fact, before this great choir comes together, the angel announces that the Savior has been born. And then they're joined by this army of angels that express praise and honor to Almighty God for this wonderful gift that has been given that has changed the history of the world. And this announcement, of course, was made to lowly shepherds. Notice, <clears throat> we see this, that there were shepherds in verse 8 that were out living, living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now I want you to uh, put a circle around that word nearby. Because this was a special group of shepherds. These were shepherds that were charged to take care of the lambs 
that eventually would give birth to little lambs who would be sacrificed in the temple as an offering for the sins of the people. And these shepherds that are nearby are are caring for this flock that is nearby and they're caring for these sheep that are destined to be sacrificed. Is it not interesting that it is to these shepherds that the angel announces this incredible good news that the Savior of the world has been born to them? And this little baby that is born in a manger in a feeding trough would become known as the Lamb of God, the one who would take away the sins of the world. And those shepherds were in the tender care of those sheep and those lambs that eventually would be offered as a sin offering, but then the ultimate sin sacrifice is born, the baby Jesus, and the announcement comes first to them. You see, Jesus comes in an unexpected way. You would think that he would come in uh, some kind of a royal way, that he would be surrounded with a lot of fanfare, but he comes to a group of shepherds, and shepherds in those days were pretty well despised. Uh, They were not looked upon with great honor. They were kind of the lower uh, class of individuals. And it is to these shepherds that the announcement is made concerning this beautiful little baby who would grow up to be the savior of the world and change human history forever. Now, it's very interesting as we dig into this passage to cover that this announcement had two key messages in it. First of all, the angels bring a message of joy. You see this in verse 10. The angel said, do not be afraid to them. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, put yourself in the place of these shepherds. These shepherds are just on a routine watch. They're caring for their sheep. They're caring for their flocks. Uh, They have been used to fighting off wild animals and protecting the sheep. But this night was just an ordinary night. They were tending the sheep. They were looking after them. And then all of a sudden, the serenity of that evening is interrupted by an angel that appears to them and announces this incredible reality that this long-awaited Messiah that they thought would come and obliterate the Romans and set up an earthly kingdom, that this little baby has been born. But it's not the kind of a a birth that they were anticipating. They were anticipating the birth of someone that would free them from all the the, the bondage and everything that happened because they were enslaved by the Romans. But the angel gives them a completely different message. You see, the angels are God's secret agents created by God to carry out his purposes. And along with the angel, notice... The angel appears to them in verse 9, and then it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of God in this context is the Shekinah glory. It is that brilliance that is that blinding brilliance of the presence of the living God. 
You remember, no one in the Old Testament was ever allowed to view upon the very presence of God because of the, the brightness, the glory. Remember as when uh, 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 <clears throat> you had uh, the Ten Commandments and you had uh, the individuals who uh, understood what was happening and he comes down from the mountain and he is ablaze with the glory of God because he's experienced this Shekinah glory of God. And it's, it's amazing. It's something that, 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 that is so startling. It is so brilliant. It is so bright. And the shepherds are actually blinded by the brightness of this light. And the landscape becomes brighter than day. And these seasoned herdsmen who had seen just about everything, the Bible says in this text, when the glory of the Lord appears, they are what? They are terrified. They're shaking in their boots. They've never seen anything like this before. It's like this is something that is otherworldly. This has not ever happened to us before. And they're amazed at what the angel says. The angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy. The angel did not come to scare the shepherds, but to give them a message of joy. You realize there are many people today that are living in fear. And the greatest message of Christmas is this, is that Jesus comes and he dispels our fears. There are so many people today that live in fear and anxiety and dread. They're under the weather all the time because they're all tied up in knots. But this message of Christmas is a message of joy. And the angel says, stop fearing. There's no need to be frightened. I haven't come to frighten you. I've come to bring you good news. And this good news, notice, centers in this baby to whom the angels are announcing to the whole world. It is this joyous news that Christ, a Savior, has been born. How is it possible for joy to conquer fear? Because the Savior has come and he changes everything. You see, Christmas is not about a spirit. It is about a person. It's interesting to me to see how we try to get into the Christmas spirit. We try to get everything all uh, festive. And, 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 and people talk about the spirit of Christmas, but they forget about the person of Christmas. And this birth announcement did not center around a spirit. It centered around a person, the Christ child. And notice, he says, I bring you a good message of great joy that shall be to all people. And then he explains it very specifically. He says, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The angel describes very vividly that this little baby is unlike any other baby that has ever been born. First of all, he says that the angel... Uh, the, that the baby is the Savior. Notice, a Savior has been born for you. Write this down in your mind. Jesus has not become a Savior. 
He was born a Savior. And that word Savior means someone who can save us from our sins. This was the very same message that the angel had given to Joseph when he had been thinking about putting Mary away after he found out she was with child. And in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, we have these words from the angel, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to become your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Here it is again, because he will save his people from their sins. You see, the, the world didn't need uh, another <clears throat> uh, advisor or another speculator. The world needed a deliverer someone that could rescue mankind from the sin that has us all tied up in knots. That's what his name means. Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. But unfortunately, the Jews in that first century didn't understand that. They were looking for one who would deliver them from the tyrannical oppression of the Romans. Christ comes to deliver them from a far greater far greater bondage, the bondage of sin. But because of their unbelief, they reject him. And unfortunately, many people today miss the whole message of Christmas. Jesus Christ comes to save us, to save us from our sins, to make life brand new for us. And yet we stumble at that simple message. And yet that is what the announcement is all about. A savior has been born. He does not become a savior. He is the savior. He is there to deliver us. And yet so many times we discard that central message. We get all wrapped up in the spirit of things and we forget that Jesus was born. His primary purpose in being born is to save us. The Bible says he is not willing that any should perish, but all that should come to repentance. He comes to seek and to save the lost. The baby, the announcement, is all about salvation. It's about a Savior that has come to change our lives. Not only is the baby born in the stable the Savior, but notice also uh, in that same verse, he is the Christ. And that particular title refers to the fact that he is the anointed one of God. He is the one that the prophets and sages had looked forward to for millenniums. Well, when he comes, because they were looking for a different kind of a deliverer, they missed the whole message on that first Christmas. And then finally, the shepherds announced that the baby born is not only the Savior and the Christ, but notice, and this is even more significant, he is Christ the Lord, the Lord. This particular title speaks to the fact that Jesus is born so that he might have absolute control and rule and reign in our lives supremely. Because he is God, he is, has the right to rule. He has come not only to change us, but to set our lives on a whole new trajectory where he calls the shots in our lives. He is Lord. The Bible refers to Jesus as Lord more than 747 times. 
And on that very first Christmas, he is announced as the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the Christ. He is the Lord. That was a total different image than what the shepherds had in their minds about the coming Savior. They, as I've already said, thought he would come to, to obliterate the Romans and set up some kind of a political kingdom. But that's not why he came. He came to set up a spiritual kingdom in the hearts of men. He was born a Savior to become our Savior. He is the Christ, the anointed one of God. He is God, the only one that can take away our sins. And he is Lord. He wants to rule and reign in our hearts. The faith of these men is staggering because what the angel announces is not what they expected. They expected some kind of an earthly king that would come. But they hear this announcement and they hear this description, the baby born in the stable, and you see the faith of these men as soon as they, as they hear this wonderful message. Notice in verses 15 and 16 it says, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They went off, they wanted to see this incredible miracle that had been made known to them of the birth of the baby Jesus. And they were filled with awe and wonder. And they had heard the angelic choir. Notice in verses 14 and following, this choir sang glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men on whom his favor rests. Those particular verbs are in the present tense, which means that the heavens were filled with this antiphonal choir of glory and praise and honor, lifting up this Lord Jesus, who is the Savior, the Christ, and who is the Lord. We live in a world today where people need a hope. And that hope is not found in a spirit. It is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is born a Savior. He is born the Christ. He is born the Lord, so that he can be enthroned as Lord and Master in your life and mine. But so many times we ignore this wonderful message. And there are so many today that live in fear and anxiety and tension. In fact, millions of Americans today are controlled by one kind of a fear or another. In fact, we have phobia clinics today. and We have all kinds of rehabs for those that are going through anxiety and fear. All that's unnecessary when Jesus comes into our hearts and he takes over and he fills us with a joy that is real, that is not superficial, that is not fake. It is a joy that comes because we know that we have embraced this person who came to be our Savior, our Christ, and our Lord. Not only is it a message of joy, it is a message of peace. Because it says in verse 14, peace to men on whom his favor rests. These verbs are verbs that constantly are talking about this wonderful choir that filled the heavens. I, I, I don't think any of us can really begin to imagine what that must have been like. 
I, I think the closest thing to it may be the northern lights. People go up into the upper peninsula to see the northern lights and to be awed by, by the beauty, by the cemetery. But, but when those angels came and announced the birth of Jesus, it was way beyond the northern lights. It was something so spectacular. It left a lasting impression on the hearts and minds of these particular shepherds that were caring for their sheep. You see, the pageantry of God, it cannot be duplicated. (laughs) You cannot duplicate what God does when he makes himself known to his people. And we see this primarily in the joy and the peace that come because of Jesus. Unfortunately, today, we have secularized this most holy event. And the climax of our Christmases seems to be when Santa Claus comes. I mean, every parade, what's the climax of the parade? It's Santa Claus. It's very interesting. We've elevated Santa Claus to a place that he doesn't deserve. I mean, we, we attribute to Santa Claus things that are only true of the living God. Gary Collins, in his book, Man in Transition, points out that in our childhood fantasy of Santa Claus, he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. He's the source of greatest happiness. He's the judge of whether or not we'll be rewarded or not. He's omniscient. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He's omnipresent. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. He's omnipotent. He's the only human that can fly without mechanical help. Carry tons of toys on a sleigh and enter millions of homes in a single evening and accomplish it worldwide. But on that first Christmas, there were no Santa Clauses. On that first Christmas, the air was filled with the voices of heaven. The voices of heaven announcing the birth of this baby that the Bible describes as too wonderful for words. And this little baby, he is the one and the only one who can bring lasting joy and lasting peace to our hearts. Someone has asked the question, why is there so little giving glory to God today? Why is there so little peace in the world? And the answer to that question is, there's not a whole lot of peace today because we have not been giving God the glory that he deserves because of who he is. Angels were taken up with this announcement and they announced the glory of God. And when we are taken up with the glory of God, there will be a sense of peace that will permeate our hearts. And I wanna talk to you for a few minutes about Christ's peace. Christ's peace, the peace that he brings on that very first Christmas is a unique peace. It is a unique peace. Jesus puts it this way in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Uh, People today that have no connection to Jesus 
are in a frantic rush to grab onto some fragment of peace. But their peace is only temporary. You see, the peace that Jesus gives, it never dies, it always lives. It's something that is not temporary. The peace that Jesus gives is a permanent peace because Christ has changed us from the inside out. His peace is absolutely unique. It's not like the world's superficial idea of peace. It is a long-lasting peace that comes because we have embraced the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus. Number two, Christ's peace is undeniably himself. Jesus says, and Paul affirms this in Ephesians 2.14, he himself is our peace. There's no way we can have peace, lasting peace, without embracing the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where so many miss the message of Christmas. They got all uh, tangled up in all the, the symbols and the spirit of Christmas, and they miss the person of Christmas who comes to bring peace. Peace is found in a person. It's found in the presence of Jesus living in our lives. And then Christ's peace is what comes to our hearts. It's the upshot, what I call the upshot of justification. In Romans 5 and verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then lastly, Christ's peace is something that surpasses all understanding. Paul in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 writes, And the peace of God which surpasses and transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, peace is possible. We take a look at our world today. What's happening in the Middle East, what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, and we wonder, how, how is it possible that human beings that have been created in the image of God can be so filled with, with rage against one another that we can't seem to get a handle on peace? Peace is something that comes to the person of Jesus. Peace is something that Israel is longing for. And I believe that one day peace will come to Israel. But peace is a gift that the Prince of Peace gives to those who put their faith and their trust in him. Joy and peace are priceless commodities that cannot be bought. They can only be received personally as we invite this little baby into our hearts. We must never exchange the true message of Christmas for something that is not real. I'm reminded of two sisters, Kelly and Allison Smith. They decided to play a trick on their mother at Christmas. Their mother had sent them Christmas gifts and had sent them ahead of time of their family get-together, but the girls got too excited, and they opened up the gifts. 
And the gifts weren't exactly what they thought, so they took the gifts back and exchanged them for something else. And when they got together as a family, and they opened up the gifts, and when the mother saw that they opened up the gift that she thought she gave to them, she had wrapped up two particular presents for each of the girls. They were Liz Claiborne purses she had bought for them. But she had put inside each purse $200. But they hadn't recognized that. They just exchanged the purses. You can imagine the look on their faces when they found this out, that they had exchanged something that was very precious for something that was maybe not so good. We can never exchange this message of Christmas that is so old, and yet it is so new for some kind of a a cheap substitute. Christmas is all about Jesus. The best gifts are the original ones. Jesus is the original Christmas gift. And he comes to give us joy and peace. Let's not swipe or swap joy and peace for substitutes that may be appealing, but are not really as fulfilling as the peace and the joy that Jesus brings. My prayer for each one of you today is that you will experience in a new way the joy and peace that comes because you have embraced the Prince of Peace, the one who loves you, who was born a Savior, who died on a cross, who was resurrected for you, and who promises to give you something you could never earn or get by yourself the gift of eternal life. Let's stand together, shall we please, for closing prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you today recognizing that you are the original. We can't replace you. The world tries to replace you. It tries to get us off center gets us distracted with all the tinsel and the toys and the gadgets and the gimmicks. But the message that has endured for all of eternity is this glorious announcement that we have a person who is born a Savior, who is born the Christ, who is born the Lord, and he desires to take possession of our lives. And so today, we once again surrender to you. We say, Lord, take our lives. Use them for, the, for your glory. Help us to be messengers of peace and joy. May the joy of the Lord and the peace that Jesus brings be so real in our hearts that it just flows from us and it touches everyone that we meet. May this Christmas be a time when there's so much chaos in our world and so much turbulence in our world. May it be a time when we as 
your people. Declare this incredible message that there is a solution to the world's problems. And it's not found in negotiation. It's not found in trying to manipulate things. It's found in Jesus. The Savior who was born to save. The Christ, the anointed one of God. And the Lord who wants to rule and reign in each of our lives. Lord, we surrender to you. Make this the greatest Christmas we've ever experienced because of the joy and the peace that you bring. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, that sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and evermore we pray. Amen. Good morning and Maranatha, lo he comes. And Merry Christmas. May the joy and peace of Christ be with you.